Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Genius Leaders, today you're up for a treat. It's a longer episode, but please stay with us for the whole conversation here. And I'm not even going to break it down into two like I did with some of the other longer episodes. Because my guest, Donna Sardula, the founder and president of Vision Board Media, has so much knowledge and value to give to you. We talk all the things about LinkedIn. And actually not all, (laughs) because there is so much more to discuss. But we have both quick questions here, this or that, and those kind of things about LinkedIn, and the deeper conversation about some things about the motivation, why would you go on LinkedIn, and so on and so forth. I don't want to make a long introduction because of the episode being longer already, but I do want to say that this one will change the way you look at the platform and the networking, and it will definitely provide you practical tips and tools and practices that you can implement already today to improve your game on LinkedIn. And I'm telling you, it has been changing my business and my personal life, and I do want that for you as well. So listen in, enjoy and see you on the other side. Donna, warmest welcome to the Genius Leadership Podcast. Oh, and Anya, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're one of those uh, mindful guests who actually asks, how should I call you? Is it Anna, Anna, whatever? (laughs) And uh, yeah, you see, you're sticking to the one that um, I grew up with. uh, So thank you for that. (laughs) It's uh, unusual for me these days when I live abroad and mainly have international hangouts. So thank you for that, Donna. You are very welcome. We work with clients from all over the world. And so I've, I've, I've gotten very comfortable in admitting I may not know how to pronounce your name. So let me ask, let me find out, and then I can, I can do it correctly. And I think that's, that's important. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's respect, I think. Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, that already there from the first minute you're showing that, uh, personal approach that you put in the work. And actually, that's something I want to uh, start with. You mentioned the team, right? That you work globally. And you and your team have been working with LinkedIn and brand building or helping clients build brands since 2009. So LinkedIn is 20 years old this year, right? It was... Yeah, uh, Yeah, 2003, 2002, 2003 is when it it, uh, became official. (laughs) Yeah. You hopped on fairly early on when it was still probably a very uh, um, immature kind of a platform, not seen as a social platform or professional or an online CV. So I just want to understand what brought you to that platform and what made you stay for that long. (laughs) You know, I I joined in 2005, so I wasn't even the earliest of adopters. You know, it it was 2005 when I joined and I remember it. Like it was yesterday. I remember um, my colleague. Um, she she'd reached, she said to me in person. She's like, "I'm sending you a link, an invite to this 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 uh, website called LinkedIn." 
And it's amazing. Like you can get all these opportunities from it. So make sure you sign up. And, and I remember signing up and it was all it was at that time was really like a profile. There was no LinkedIn feed. There really, there wasn't a lot. It was really just this profile and this network where you could connect with people and see three degrees in. And it looked like a resume. So I, I remember like, oh, this is a resume. Let me copy and paste my resume in here <laughs> and, you know, we'll be done. And, but nothing happened. And I remember thinking it was this huge, colossal waste of time. And, and I moved to a different company, you know, within so many months of signing up with no help from LinkedIn. But it was in that next, was that next jump, which is what brought me back to LinkedIn because I was cold calling. I was in a really sales oriented role. And, and I found that as I was cold calling and as I was reaching out to people, I was often Googling their name and their profile would pop up. And that's when, for me, this like epiphany took place, which was, wait, it's not a resume. This is, this should be your brand. This should be your reputation, your, your, your online story. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I recognized that as I would look at people, so rarely did I get what I needed to from these profiles. Like they weren't telling me anything that was really important. To feel like you know them. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I went, well, am I projecting myself? You know, am I presenting myself? And that's when like that sort of went off. But then I started to think back to earlier in my career where I was doing a lot with CRM and Salesforce automation. And it became very clear to me that the power that LinkedIn holds, that you now have your network that's not behind a company firewall that can, can't be turned off when you're let go, that you have this, this, this database in which everyone else is updating their records too. So they don't, they don't age and, you know, go away, but they're there permanently. To me, this became, this was so huge. And it took, I got to tell you, Anya, I think it took the world a long time <laughs> to figure that out. You know, in 2009... Okay, I'll, I'll interrupt you, Donna, but I think... <laughs> you got me on my, my, my no, favorite no. part. <laughs> we'll continue that. Just, just to be fair, a lot of people yeah. are still questioning that. And a lot of people are still seeing it as just the CV, <laughs> online resume. So uh, let's be yeah. fair. Like, you've been super early with understanding the the value of it. So please, sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Just wanted to... No, no, no. I'm, I'm happy you did. I, you know, so I, I started my business in 2009. Because at that point, I had been really trying to figure out LinkedIn and I was trying to put forth the right image. I was trying to, to really build that brand that was authentic. It was mine. It told my story. And but it was so hard, Anya, to write about yourself. It was virtually impossible to do. And then I'm telling my colleagues, you know, the other sales reps, you got to do this. You got to do this. They're not doing it because you can't. You just, it's really hard. It doesn't matter if you're a great leader. It doesn't matter if you're a great writer to sit down and tell your story really hard. What and that's when, it so hard, you think? I, you know, I think we sit so close that we can't, mm. we can't gain focus. Things that come easy to us are easy. We don't realize that they're strengths, that they don't come easy to other people. You know, there's that, there's that saying, you can't, you can't read the label if you're inside the jar. I think that that really is the issue. You know, and, and oftentimes I have people call me 
I let anyone give me a call. I give everybody 15 minutes. I, I want, you know, I really think it's important to just, just answer the phone and talk to people. And so my phone rings and, and a lot of times people are like, I can't do it. I just can't. And I feel terrible about it. No, don't. Because if it was easy for you, you'd, you'd be a narcissist. So like celebrate <laughs> that this is hard and it shouldn't be easy and that it's okay to need someone to listen and draw that story out and kind of connect those dots that are probably really obvious to everybody but you. So true. I, I, I know it from the first hand experience. Having, having been working on my LinkedIn profile for three years actively now to really help or for that to be a somehow representation of what I am as a professional. I'm not saying who I am as a person in total, but I do try to bring all the different parts, not only purely professional into my LinkedIn profile, but it's so hard. And shout out to Rob Napoli, who has helped me on multiple occasions with that. It's a client of mine, but he's also a brand um, strategist and he's, uh, he's been helping with that. He's now a head of brand uh, at a Netherlands or Dutch uh, startup that is going into scale up. And he just could blast out some things. And I'm like, Thanks God our call is recorded that I could actually use that later on the transcription and just put it on the LinkedIn profile because it's so much easier for someone who is observing you and not sitting in the jar with you to read that label and help you create mm-hmm. a profile that is representative of what the world sees and what resonates with you as well as a person. So yeah. I, and I think I think a lot of times it's a really good excuse to get deliberate with your brand and your story, right? I mean in in some ways this is the one thing that is it's there. It's calling you. You're going to see a huge investment if you do it. And so, you know, use this as that reason to say, you know what? I am. I'm going to figure out who I am, what I stand for, why I do what I do, what makes it different, why people should pay attention. Like these are really important things, but because they're hard to do just on your own, you know, make that LinkedIn profile sort of that, that catalyst, that, that reason to get deliberate and, and to figure out that story and, and, and control how people perceive you because people are judging. They are determining what to think about you. Um, and if you don't tell them, if you don't put forth the right story, they're going to, they're going to, you know, sort of make guesses. <laughs> and that might not be what, what you want them to be thinking. For sure. Uh, before we go into how we can actually leverage LinkedIn and, and help get that as a help or use it as a help for building a mm-hmm. brand. I want to just ask for your observation, Donna, about the evolution of LinkedIn as the platform and how is it, how easy is it now to use it for that brand journey, building it and nurturing it continuously? You know, at one time, LinkedIn really was, it was so focused on just that profile and you could be very successful on the platform in a completely passive manner where having that strong profile, you're turning up into, um, you're, you're turning up in searches for people like you. Um, you know, your phone is ringing. Someone saw your profile. You know, they have opportunities for you and you didn't have to do much other than keep the profile up to date. Things have changed. Now there still is, there's still a lot of success. In, in that passive state where you may not be um, contributing to the conversation, you may not be uh, terribly active on LinkedIn, but 
you have a good profile, you you go in, you check your messages, you maybe scroll through, you know, maybe you like a couple things. And and it's it's a very passive network and you can still find tremendous success at that level, which is I think something most people can truly handle. However, <laughs> now LinkedIn has this LinkedIn feed and and it's not again, it's you can be successful, but if you want to really expand, that's when you need to start to get loud on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And you get loud by creating content, posting, engaging with other people's content, you know, and, and doing it in a, in a very, uh, consistent manner. It's not the quantity, which is a wonderful thing. <laughs> you don't have to be posting multiple times a day, but you should be posting with with some frequency a few times a week and and by doing that and 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 spending investing time because it really what it is it's networking right it's just networking at home you know on your phone or on in front of your desktop <laughs> potentially even in your pajamas for that matter which is quite nice um, <laughs> a glass of red wine on the desk maybe <laughs> Yep. But it's 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 a it's an introvert's paradise of what a networking event could be. And I enjoy it so much more than big networking events in person, to be honest. It's a fantastic to connect to people uh, in real time and, and like be able to be in the same physical space. But introverted me is so tired. And also I'm I'm a lot about getting into depth with people. And it's so yeah. difficult to do it when everyone is just keeps scanning the room for whom should I say hi next to and those kind of things. You just don't yeah. get to the depth that I enjoy and where I thrive and where I provide real value. Mm-hmm. So it's so draining for me to be in those in-person events. And that's why I'm enjoying LinkedIn because people can do it on their, on their own terms. It doesn't have to be real time. And it just takes the pressure away to perform in those two seconds, you know, to deliver elevator pitch or whatever provide value from the first sentence it just so much yeah there is so it, it's powerful let's say just that way. it I, is I and, and i think what's nice is a person can then uh, you know visit your profile and then they can scroll down and look at the history of your posts you know there's so many times when i'll have met someone or i've done a podcast and all of a sudden i'm getting likes on content that i published months ago and i recognize people are scrolling through. They're looking to get more. They're really trying to understand who I am and they're going through and they're finding value in all of, you know, my historical posts. And that's, and that's a nice thing to know that there is still an evergreen, evergreen quality to those posts. For sure. And it's nice that you're getting likes because my experience with LinkedIn, it's actually quite a silent audience mm-hmm. who might be watching you might be reading your content but they never engage they never let you know until they're ready to become your customer suddenly and they're like hey i've been following you for uh, one and a half years so i'd like to work with you now and you're like where the hell are you coming from <laughs> and suddenly you understand that they have been following you on linkedin and, and actually know quite well and they just made the decision already so that's I just want to emphasize it because sometimes it's it feels like why am i doing this yeah. because you to do it in a good way, it does, like, you do need to put effort, right? It's not yeah. about hard. You can find your way to make it fun. You can make it easy for yourself by hiring, like, for example, you and your team to, to you know, offload some of the parts of the of the journey and so on and build your habit of consistency. But it can sometimes just be tough and feel like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's not worth it. It could be it's- one of two things. It could be sometimes it can get lonely, 
right? Because you're posting and you're like, where is everybody? They're there. They're there. They're seeing it. They might not be engaging, but that also gives you an idea that maybe, maybe the posts that you're doing ask a question, right? You know, maybe, maybe see if there's something that you can do within your post to bring more engagement as well as go on other people's posts and start engaging with them. That, that tends to, it's, I agree with you. It's still sometimes very quiet. And yet there's still people paying attention because you see it because they reach out to you eventually. But, you know, the, the other thing is when, when you're looking at your feed, sometimes it's not that it's quiet. Sometimes it feels like an echo chamber and it's the same three people or it's just your competitors. And you're like, am I, you know, like, is, is it just us who are doing this and there's nobody else here? And that does happen. The, the feed is notorious for saying, Oh, Anya is, you know, a leadership, uh, guru. So let's bring, let's let everyone who's talking about leadership, let's funnel that to her because clearly that's something she cares about. And then all of a sudden it's all of these people that do exactly what you do. And, and then you start to think, wait, am I like, how am I, how am I here in this echo chamber? So what you need to do in that situation is, You've got to really determine who is your audience and you need to start hunting for your audience. And you can either put them into a spreadsheet. You can bookmark their, their, their profile, their, their, their activity page, but you need to start to make this concerted effort to break out. And when you start to see those posts from people who are not in your field, who are not talking about the things that you really care about, but these are people who might really resonate to your message. That's what you want to engage in. I love that you mentioned it, Donna, and it's it's such an easy way of doing it. Yeah, it requires maybe half an hour for to decide, okay, who are the 20 people with wh- whom I want to engage in conversations on a regular basis and putting them in the Google spreadsheet. I have that. Um, another idea, with, uh, I'm, I'm not using it for this, but there is this, what are they called? Those extensions on Chrome mm-hmm. called OneTab. Brilliant. I love that tool. Uh, it's just for anyone who resonates with the uh, overwhelm, the feeling of overwhelm when there are like 10 or 100 <laughs> tabs open. <laughs> you can actually. Oh, I'm a digital order myself. I've like 300 tabs open. Yeah. One so time. one tab is the tool for you. <laughs> you can group your um, tabs by different tasks or projects or whatever. You can share those groups with each other. So you just with one click, you can open all the tabs that you need for that particular task that you're doing. And that's could be another way of doing this part of the building your brand on LinkedIn, right? You just uh, create a group of uh, tabs with profiles of people who you want to follow, and then you just engage with them. You take a block once per week, once per day, whatever it is that you decide for yourself and do it. So there are ways of doing it and making it easier for yourself. Because I agree one day LinkedIn is going to catch up and say, let's give you guys lists because you deserve them. (laughs) I would expect that that would have happened already. Why is it not, Donna? (laughs) I don't know. And LinkedIn has been in insane development. Like for the last year, last year and a half, they have so many improvements, so many changes to the platform. And yet we can't really control or shape our feed. It's crazy. 
or theoretically we can, but it's just so much work. I tried a couple of times to just, you know, go and unfollow people whose content I might not necessarily be interested in or something like this and follow it, uh, put the bell on with people with whom I want, but it's still just not working. The feed is still cluttered with something else. All right, Donna, I want to go deeper into the founders and LinkedIn value for them, both personally and professionally for their startup, because this is the vast majority of my audience here. And I want to kind of tailor this conversation for them. So why would a founder bother about LinkedIn, whether they are bootstrapping or they want to raise investment, whatever situation they're in? Uh, and when is it relevant or does it become relevant for them in their startup journey to get on LinkedIn and be active there? Yeah. I mean, if, if you think of what it's like, that role of founder, you know, you are a spokesperson and, and you are a leader and people are looking at you. Uh, and so to have that LinkedIn profile that, that tells the story of why you, you, you built this organization, you know, what is your mission, why you're doing that? It can be very, very powerful because people are going to check you out. They want to know who they're going to be working with. And it could be, it could be investors. It could be, uh, you know, the, the, your team. It could be, uh, recruiters. It could be candidates. Like it, it, it really can expand out. People want to know, like what, why, who, what are they, what are they about? And this is your, your chance to tell that story. And, and yes, you know, it, you might have a website. You might have a personal website. You might have the company's website and you might have an about section there. And, and that's fine, but oftentimes people still, they're making their rounds. You know, if they're going to be investing, if they're going to be committing, who is at the helm? What do they represent? What do they stand for? And they're not going to stop at just, you know, the website or just that about section of, of the, the company site. You know, they're going to make their way around and they're going to land on, on LinkedIn. And, when you're on LinkedIn, what's really nice is you do get to see how are you connected to this person? Who do you share within their network? It, it brings you closer. And so this is, this is such a fabulous platform to really use it to shape your, your, your story, but also to use it as that, that springboard, that platform, you know, to, to talk about what you're doing and why it matters. I could imagine there are a lot of founders who are a bit afraid of putting too much out in the beginning because there is such a high chance of failing. Nine of nine out of ten startups fail with getting to the profitable level um, of their life cycle. So, how would you address that? How would you motivate or support founders with that fear? Yeah, to me. To not say anything is also contributing to the failure, right? Mm. So you need to market it. You need to be pushing it out there. You need to let people know that it's there. And, and it, yes, all of us may fail. You know, failure isn't a, a bad thing. It means you're trying. It means that you're, you're growing and you're developing. And, and, you know, so I wouldn't let that fear hold you back, especially on LinkedIn. And, and keep in mind that with LinkedIn, you do, decide what is what it is that you want to put out there mm. right so it's not like you're you know you're just opening up these floodgates you're you're making that concerted effort and you're saying this is who i am this is my story this is what i want the world to know about this endeavor you know and and it can change and it can grow and it's something that may develop over time 
but it's always there for you. And you can always go in and, and make those edits and make those changes um, and keep it, keep it fresh. Love it. I actually follow one of the founders who is posting weekly. They are their um, revenue, uh, recurring revenue, and they're very early on. So it grows, it grows on a almost weekly basis, but it's such a vulnerable thing to do to just yeah. be so open about like, Hey, this week, basically we got one new customer, as you can see from our, um, ARR and just seeing those tiny numbers and that he has this history of weekly by weekly doing that. I started following him just because of that, because it's a yeah. brave move. And whenever, if ever in my business, it becomes relevant to use the services that he's building, he'll be the first one I will think about because of that vulnerability and that he opened And transparency. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And you know, I think, I think that's something that is hard, right? The transparency, that authenticity, the genuineness and, and balancing it, right? So you're putting forth, you know, the message that, that resonates with other people. You know, I think it is important to be open. And I think there are certain people who can do that and do it in the right way. I think there's other people, you know, you could, it could fall flat, you know, but I think sometimes you do need to really decide, you know, what, what do you want to be projecting? What's important to your target audience? And, and how can you, how can you, you know, put forth valuable, inspiring, informational, educational content that, that does resonate? With that, with that audience. Okay, I want now to go into your SOAR framework. Let's mm -hmm. assume that the founders listening to us are like, okay, yeah, yeah, I will get on LinkedIn, but how the hell do I make it work for myself sustainably so that I actually stick to it? And I start seeing some results soon enough to actually keep me motivated to like, build that habit. Mm -hmm. So what does SOAR stand for? And can we walk through those four yeah. stages? So SOAR is, is my four-point methodology. And and I wanted to make it easy and something that people can remember and, and really progress through because the main issue that I see is, is people will, they'll jump in to writing their profile or they'll just jump into creating a network or they'll just jump into their, their feed and they'll, they're, they're, they're posting. But in all of these situations, it's like they're, they're getting crickets. They're, you know, it's, they're not, they're not getting anything that really keeps them moving forward. And then they, they throw up their hands. So with SOAR, SOAR stands for S is strategize, O is optimize, A is amplify, and R is relate. So strategize, that, that's the very first step. And it's, it's the step everyone misses. And strategize says, why are you on LinkedIn? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, what is success for you on this platform? It then asks you to go a little deeper. Who is your target audience? What do they look like? Who are they? Who do you want to be? working with and, and engaging with on this platform. If they didn't know that you exist, what are the keywords they might be using to find someone like you? And lastly, like, what is your story? How do you want to be perceived? So that's the strategize. And you've, you've got to move through those questions and really come up with the answers because everything there then fuels the next three stages. But you need to be clear because with profiles, it's so easy to see misaligned profiles. There's a misalignment. Maybe they, they, maybe they copy and paste their resume and they look like a job seeker, but in fact, they're an expert or maybe they're doing it for sales and marketing, you know, or maybe it's, it's vice versa. Um, you know, someone is, is using it to, 
you know, to like really showcase their expertise, but they're really looking for a job in another area. So like you have to be very clear that your goal is aligned to your profile and eventually your, your posts. So that's, that's the, that is strategize. It sounds tough. As we discussed earlier in the conversation, Donna, this sitting in the side of the jar and reading the label. So any suggestions, maybe you have some free resources on the website that would help people answer those questions in a way that is actually honest and (laughs) because they're tough. You know, it, it is. It really is is tough. You know, why why are you doing this? What what does it mean? How does it affect other people? You know, who is that target audience? You know, who do you want to be colliding with? You know, what are those key words? You know, so often people say, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting any opportunities on LinkedIn. And then I look at their profile. There are no keywords. There's very little content. <laughs> And then, and then the bow of it all is that they don't even have their contact information. So if a person wanted to reach out, they, they couldn't unless that they were, you know, first degree connections. So, you know, it's, it, it isn't easy. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where when we work with you, we do have a questionnaire, but we have that, that consultative coaching session mm-hmm. that really helps you dive in. I see. Yeah, so you basically need a sparring partner to to get through the strategize phase because otherwise you just skip it because of it's con- uncomfortable. Which yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> early on, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> All right, so let's go then to optimize. Once you have gotten yeah. that clarity of why you're on the platform, who you want to be talking to and be exposed to, what what is there to optimize? Yeah, then then you need to optimize your profile. And, and that's something that I, I see, you know, people will say, Oh, I, yeah, I did that like five years ago. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> or, or, or they might say, yeah, let me up. Op- yeah. I'm going to optimize. I have five minutes in between calls. I'll, I'll get that thing done in five minutes. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It, it does take time. And you really do want to look at that, the profile, you know, and from top to bottom, you want to make sure that it's, it's, it's up to date. It's fresh. It reflects not just who you are, but where you're going. Right. That's, that's important. You don't want it to be an obituary. It's not what you did 20 years ago. It's, it's what are you doing now and how does that affect you and how does that move you to that next chapter of your career? And so, you know, you do want to look at it, you know, like again, top to bottom. Do you have a background graphic or is it gray stripes? Do you have a nice profile picture? Do you have a headline that says more than just your title and your company, but it's infused with your keywords and a benefit statement? Do you have an about section that that is your professional manifesto that introduces you and gets people to feel really good about who you are and what you stand for? Do you have that that trajectory reflected in your experiences where we can see all the different moves you've made through your career, but but the, the content isn't at the the in the past positions, the content, the narrative, the story is at the more current because that's what's going to hold the right keywords. You can collide with searches. Which are the lowest hanging fruit? What what do you think stands out for people when they visit someone's profile that that should be the first thing to optimize to really pay attention to? I understand that we need to go through uh, mm-hmm. top to bottom, but what are the things that if we like, just want to do something and then to get yeah. the momentum? I have a I have an instant profile course that uses AI to take a person through. So that's a really easy way of doing it yourself and doing it quickly. 
But, you know, if you're going to look at your profile, you know, people are very much, you know, they like pictures, they like the imagery. So that's what I would focus on fast and, and quick and first, because, you know, ultimately it, it, it's almost rather than having to craft a narrative, like find a great picture that, re, you know, that reflects your brand, upload that as a background graphic, you know, it, it, find that headshot or it, get a headshot taken or have a friend use their iPhone and take a nice photo of you. They've got that portrait mode, it blurs the back, it looks fabulous. You know, upload a new picture, add some filters to it, make it pop. You know, look at the featured section. The featured section is still relatively new and yet, you know, it's very few people use it. So, you know, think, you know, where do I want people to go? Where do I want to drive them? Do I want to drive them to a YouTube channel? Do I want to drive them to a video? Do I want to drive them to my website? You know, is there, is there a PowerPoint presentation I want them to see? These are the types of things that you can put into your featured section. And that's another highly graphic, you know, something that really will catch a person's eye. Those are the first things that I would do. Then I would work on the headline. And I have a headline generator on my website. It's linkedin-makeover.com. The headline follows you. So when you're posting on LinkedIn, it's your picture, it's your name, it's that headline. If you're messaging people, your headline's there. You know, everything that you do on LinkedIn, that headline is right there. And you want to make sure that it is very, very sexy, very, very engaging and really answers, you know, this is someone that knows their stuff. This is someone that I want to reach out to. So make sure that headline is truly optimized. What is the good length of that? Because mine right now is very long. <laughs> for and so obviously it's not all of it is seen. Okay, I see that you were checking my profile. I, I was. I'm like, yeah, but it's like long. okay, startup mentor and like podcast host and mind shifter. And if all before that is like okay, whom I'm helping and what kind of value I'm providing. And I'm like, this just feels like I have such a low self esteem that I need to fill that to the, the you know <laughs> making an assay there. <laughs> Is that the perception? Like, what is the yeah. optimal length there? I'm looking at your your profile right mm. now, and and I don't think you have a very long headline. Okay, and and you have not used keywords, right? So you mm. have more of a benefit statement. Yours is mind shifter asking leaders uncomfortable yet crucial questions. Business therapist, mm. right? So that's that's a really interesting. It's engaging. It's different. I like that. You could say to yourself. Now, maybe I also want to put in leadership development because people mm-hmm. are, who are searching for me are searching for leadership development. Or maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's something different. You know, maybe there are a few other terms that people tend to use when they describe you. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, really think, do you want to turn up for searches? And if you really do, and most of us, you know, like that's the best thing in the world when our phone rings, someone found us, right? You know, think in terms of those, those keywords, not don't, don't, you know, don't go crazy, you know, jamming as many as you can, but you do have 220 characters. Mm-hmm. And I would say that this is probably about a hundred characters. So you, you have mm-hmm. a lot of room where you can put in a few more keywords. Mm-hmm. The one thing that, you know, when, when we are dealing with, you know, a benefit statement, you do want to be careful because you, this is not the place to sell. Right. I see a lot of big promises like, I'll get you leads all 10 times your business. And maybe, and maybe in the long run, that is true. But I, I feel that 
it's a little too much, a little too soon in many cases. You have to find the right balance. And sometimes it does work. Don't get me wrong. But there's a, there are a lot of situations where people are making really, really big promises <laughs> without, you know, without a lot to back it up. Here I'm kind of breathing with relief because uh, it's like okay, mine is not a huge promise. I'm just talking that I'm I'm asking uncomfortable questions that I can do. Yeah. I can deliver and I like that easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, like that. It's because it's different, you know. And and it's saying like I get to the core. You know, I'm 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 helping you uncover you know things that you need to 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 be thinking about. So I I think it's I think it's a I like that. I just would like to see more keywords just so, you know, you can collide with some opportunities. So talking about, speaking of the keywords, when LinkedIn is suggesting the search results, is that like the tagline or what's the right name for that? So is what it's scanning or which parts of my profile are being scanned for me to show up in the search results? Typically what we're finding, it's the headline, it's the about section, it's the current experience description. Those are the things okay. that I often see. You can test it because LinkedIn is always mm-hmm. changing. I tell you, their their search is all over the place anymore. And and I really wish they would get it buttoned up. But but ultimately, you know, when you're searching LinkedIn, you're searching your network, right? You're searching your first degree, your second degree, and your third degree. Anyone who's outside of that network, very rarely do you see them popping up in those, you know, populating those searches. Sometimes they will, but on a whole, they don't. When you do a keyword search on LinkedIn and you and you don't just select from the drop list, but you hit enter and then you, you make sure you're clicking on people and now you're seeing all the people, LinkedIn will highlight where they found that term on the profile. So you'll see, oh, it's in their headline, it's in their uh, previous experience. So you can you can start to see where they're pulling it from. Interesting. I'm, I'm noting the action for myself for the afternoon to you to uh, <laughs> add the keywords to my profile. But keep in mind, don't try to find yourself, right? Because yes. everyone's like the LinkedIn search is not like Google, where with Google, if you if anyone you know searches, they're going to see you know a pretty structured, consistent search results with LinkedIn, those search results change depending upon, you know, who's in your network and, and what, like how active you've been and how active they've been. So the, the search results are always changing. Yeah. That's with all social media networks that or platforms that we're trying to use for our business, right? I, I know the conversations among my business buddies that they're, the Facebook is going nuts <laughs> with with searches, the Instagram profile or algorithms are also changing all the time. So I think there it's about finding your way of running that so that you're not so algorithm dependent. And I guess for that, the things within the optimization phase of the force time framework are, or methodology is what, what's algorithm agnostic, let's say. This way. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's nice to, to know that you've written your profile in a manner that's it's authentic it's transparent it's genuine you know it tells your story it positions you in the way you want to be positioned and you've you've done your due diligence you've you've been deliberate in in making sure that your your the narrative is infused with the right keywords right it's not that it's you know obnoxious and redundant but 
you know, it's, it's, it's used, these keywords have been, have been noted by you and you've used them contextually throughout the narrative. And when you do that, the algorithm just works for you because you're feeding it what it needs to have, right? Which is the right keywords. It's, it's used, like I said, contextually and, and it's there, you know, you'll, you'll pop up, you know, you're doing the right thing. You might not be totally relying on it, but it's there and it will be fruitful. Yeah, definitely. And you, you do win something in the long term. All right. Let's go into the Amplify. What, what is that about? So Amplify is how do you amplify now your brand, your story? Like, how do you get this out there? And the way you get, get it out there is through your network, right? So you need to have a strong network and you always need to be connecting. So with the Amplify, it's making sure that you're always connecting. And, and I don't want to give the impression that you need to be connecting with everybody and their brother, aiming low and wide and spraying and praying. I want you to really be very, you know, thoughtful in terms of who do you know? Who are you meeting? You know, who are the people that you've, 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 you know, intersected with? Who did you go to school with? You know, who are those people from past companies? And, and keep connecting. You know, just make sure that your, this online network reflects your offline network. And it's always growing. It should be always growing. And so, you know, when people email you, you know, make sure you're, check them out on LinkedIn, you know, make sure you send them, lob them over that connection request. When you're in person, if you're sitting down at a, at a meeting, you know, whip out your, your phone and do the, the LinkedIn QR code connection, you know, make sure everyone connects right then and there. You don't even have to go home and grab old business cards or anything. Like you can connect right there and, and connect. Because that's going to carry you, right? It's these net, this, this network that you want to fortify and you want to, you want to grow. But then you also want to make sure that you're engaging with it. So that, that those are the things about the network. When you say strong network, do we mean, Donna, the number of it or the engagement? So how tight I am with each of the connections, how well I know them, whether we had a personal conversation or just connected on LinkedIn and never had a chat. So what are we talking about when we talk about the strength of you the know, network? At one time, you had to connect. If you wanted anyone <laughs> to pay attention to you or hear your message, you had to connect and you had to connect with everybody and their brother. Like it was the only way. But LinkedIn has has given us the follow button. So mm-hmm. Now you don't have to have this diluted network because you, you can have people can follow you and you can follow people. So if you don't know someone, follow them. Eventually you will get to know them because you're engaging with their posts. And then when you do connect, it's, it's much more genuine. It's much more real because there is that knowledge of them. So, so recognize connect is when you're saying, Hey, we know each other and I want you in my network. Follow is we don't know each other yet. Let's follow and let's get to know each other so we can connect. To me, that to connect with someone, you you should. You should have an idea of who they are. There should be some quality to it. Now, there is also the 30,000 maximum limit of first degree connections, which might seem like a low number, but if you've been on the platform for almost 20 years, it's not that hard to hit. But 
you know, I, I really do think everyone is a little different and everyone's use and need of LinkedIn is different. So if you're doing this really as that sounding board, if you're doing this for broadcasting purposes to really hit the biggest audience, you're probably going to connect with a lot of people that you might not know all that well. If you're doing this for networking, if you're doing this because you want to have these strategic relationships and you want to, you really want to access that network and know that when you're searching it, you're, you're finding the people that you do know and you trust and you like and you've met, you know, one is a little bit more liberal. <laughs> the other one is a little bit more conservative in terms of how they're going to be, not politically, of course, but just in terms of how they, how they want to connect. When we talk about the amplifying, going back to the thought of um, that we're talking about the founder who is building a, a startup and decides, okay, I can spend X amount of time per week or per day on building a brand, a brand. What kind of brand are we building? A personal brand of the founder or should we focus on the brand of the company or do we need to split our time into both? So when we are looking at this point right in their lives and their careers, it's probably going to be a little bit of both coming from their personal account, right? So that personal account is going to be building their own brand, but I think we're going to see a lot of the company in there because that's something they're eating and they're breathing and they're, they're living in. So you're going to see a, a combination coming out of there. I, I don't want a founder to, to only concentrate on the company because like you said, companies come and go, you know, but the founder is going to be there hopefully for a very long time through many different, you know, iterations of, you know, companies and, and careers. So I don't want a, I don't want a founder to say, Oh, I'm all about my company. I'm not about me. You need to always have that foundation. And, and during these periods, these blasts, these moments where you're really so much a part of the company, balance it out, balance it out. I think that's, that's important. And, and plus with a lot of startups, yes, that, that company should have, you know, their own brand, their own messaging, uh, their company page. There should be things going out. Um, but, with companies, there's not as much engagement. And you know, I really do feel that definitely lean more on that personal because that's where you're going to have the stronger network probably already developed. So it's really about the personal profile. But then, as you say, it's still difficult to separate the identity of the yeah. company but, and but, the founder. Yeah. And think about it. I mean, they're probably going to always want to be posting about the company because that's what they're so entrenched in. Don't fall into that. You know. So how can we balance that? You said balance it out. What can a founder do to do that? You know, I think it's it's when you one like know what your topics are, know what you're going to be posting about, have an idea. You know, have that 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 whether it's a notebook online or 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 just you know analog, but make sure that you know what you're posting and the things that you're going to be posting. Make sure that as you look at them and you look at where you've, what you've posted over the last two months and you look at what you're going to be posting, you know, into the, the future, you know, what can you inject that's personal? What can you inject that's all about you and not just about the company? And it really is very tactical. You know, make sure you have that list. Make sure you have an idea of the things that you're going to be posting. Cause if you don't, you're never going to post. Let's be honest. <laughs> if you're just going to wait for inspiration to strike, it's not going to come. So how do we, uh, maybe we 
getting a bit uh, ahead of ourselves, but how do we actually make sure that we post continuously um, or consistently? You know, we don't have to wait for the inspiration. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's sitting down and creating content or even having ideas. You know, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to scare people. I mean, sometimes it's just when you have the idea, capture it. And then it might be something that you work on the next day or maybe you're you're gathering. Yeah, everyone is different, Anya. Everyone is different. Everyone works in their own, you know, magical way that works for them. But mm-hmm. I just don't want a person to say, you know, I'm going to get loud on LinkedIn. Tomorrow I'll figure out what I want to post and I'll just post it then. Like that doesn't work. You know, you absolutely use AI. Use AI. You know, ask, you know, what are the, what are the major points that are, you know, would be important to my audience? You know, what are the, what is the intersection between what I'm doing and what they need to know? You know, that can help you really come up with some ideas. I use the Taplio plugin. I've been using that now for, um, two months. And I'm, I'm finding that hugely amazing and helpful in helping me see what's, what's, you know, what should I be posting? What is that? Uh, that's a new one for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it uses AI and it gives you ideas. It rewrites posts. It, it, ha- it provides you a feed so you can really jump in and only see the, 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 the posts of your network of the people that you really care about. It almost acts as a magnifying glass for LinkedIn. Okay, so tap Leo. Tap Leo. Okay, I'll add that to the show notes, genius leaders, <laughs> so we can learn together because this is a new tool for me. Great. So we talked about the amplifying, and the next one is relating. So Donna, what do we talk about here? Relating is is getting loud, right? So now, now you can almost you know let out that breath, right? Where you're like. I know, I know why I'm on it. I know what I'm doing. I have a strong profile. I'm, I'm proud of how I'm presenting myself on LinkedIn. I have a strong network, right? I, I know that it's not, uh, this black void, but I now have this platform that, you know, I've, I've, I've made this concerted effort to really in, infuse it with my friends and my neighbors and my family and my colleagues and my investors and my partners and my clients, right? So you can really feel like you have this neighborhood of people within your career. So now it's time to relate. And to relate, you want to scroll through that LinkedIn feed. And it always amazes me how few people realize like, yeah, scroll, have fun, you know, pull it up and scroll through and, and read what people are saying. This is the networking event piece of LinkedIn. And you may feel like, you may feel one of two ways. You may feel like, oh, let me just scroll and take it in. Some people scroll and I'll just like everything that I see. (laughs) But I would say don't do either of those things. Instead, scroll. And when you find a post that resonates and, and you shouldn't have to scroll far to get to a post that resonates. Maybe it's someone within your network that you like, someone who you want to do more business with. It might just be someone that you respect, you know. But when you see something that comes from them, really stop and say, how, how can I, how can I add to this? How can I engage? And do it in a comment and spend some time to really, you know, create something that also adds value. And what's nice is when you when you comment, that comment is then going to be uh, buoyed to the top of other people's feeds. 
within your network. So it's almost like posting yourself, but all you've done is comment. And now you're, you're promoting this person's content, but you're also getting spotlighted alongside of it, which is a very nice, easy way of, of getting some eyeballs without having to create a lot of content. So are you saying that we can put the pressure off for ourselves on creating a lot of content if we consistently engage with the content of the other people? Yes. Yes. You want to, you want to be commenting. And I, I think it's something that, you know, a lot of times we get so caught up. I've got to create content. I've got to create content that you stop engaging with other people's content. But with LinkedIn, they've said that LinkedIn feed is the people you know talking about the things you care about. So if you want your, your, your feed to be fill, full of good, good, interesting content, you have to train LinkedIn by, by commenting on the people you do care about. So they know this is the stuff that should be populating your feed. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is what, what my friend Rob Napoli that I mentioned earlier, uh, says that we need more engagers and uh, fewer creators in a way. Yeah. I, I feel. I don't know if we need less creators, but I think we need mm-hmm. creators who are also engaging, right? That's we we don't want this to be a pulpit. We want it to be a conversation pit. I love that way of putting it. That might sound overwhelming still. I need to train the algorithm to show me everything right in my feed and not to end up in some stupid echo chamber. And how often am I supposed to do that? Do I need to do it at the same time in the day and so on and so forth? I'm just imagining a lot of questions going on yeah. the, or ob- objections going through the, our listeners' uh, heads right now. So um, how can we make it easy, Donna, to start? So I have a, 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 an approach that works very well. So if you haven't really been using LinkedIn, right, and you want to just want to get started and, and, and you've started to go through SOAR, right? You've strategized, you've optimized, you have, you've, you've amplified, you're building that network, and now it's time to relate. This is how you start to relate easily. To relate is the first week. So you're going to do this in three weeks. The first week, you're just going to scroll. You're doing nothing more. You're not liking, you're not commenting, you're scrolling. But you're scrolling in this very aware type of state, right? You're not like blindly just like, uh. but you're as you're scrolling, you're looking and you're going, how are they, how are they presenting their posts? How are they stating their ideas? What are the posts that are doing great? Why are they doing great? Like this one has a lot of likes. This one has a lot of comments. What did they do in the post to sort of initiate that type of engagement? As you scroll, you want to say, why did this one catch my eye? What was so amazing that made me stop? I would even love it. So you do it 15 minutes every day for one week, scrolling in this very, in a very like focused type of way. And you may even want to take notes. You may even want to take notes, you know, again, that scares you. I don't want to scare you, but, but like, you know, like maybe not just remember, but maybe take screenshots and like, just, this is what caught my eye. This is what I thought was interesting. And the second week is now your week to comment. And so 15 minutes every day for five days, I want you to scroll through with the only, the only thing that you're doing is commenting. And I want you to do at least three to five comments a day in a 15 minute burst and, and really work on not just saying, great job. Congrats. Wow. This was cool. Like, no, we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're going to use this as a, a platform 
for opening ourselves up. So as you read something that's fascinating, say, you know what, this reminds me of this tool that works really well. Or, you know, when I've been faced with this, this is how I've handled the situation. Or, you know, like bring some value into the comments and do that for a week. Before I go to the third week, I actually want to ask you about that because I tried to do that in in the comments, Donna, and I feel sometimes that will I try to like will I be perceived that I'm trying to steal the show when I talk about myself and like you know if someone goes through my feed and sees the comments, the most recent comments, that's like okay, it's about me, it's about my experience, it's about my expertise or my suggestion on the tool, mm-hmm. like just feels a bit of too much me <laughs> there. <laughs> so. Well, I- don't think of it as you though. You're, you're helping. You're adding value. It's, it's not, it's that you are the conduit that's bringing other points of view to the table, right? I can play with that mind shift. Let's see. Yeah. It, I'll it, let you it, know it is a mind shift because you're like, if you go in there and I, 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 but maybe, maybe that could be considered, but, but truthfully, you're going in to, to add value. You're going in there to, to add another point of view. And I'm going to tell you this. Any content creator on LinkedIn is never going to get angry that you commented because that comment is such a powerful way of promoting their content and getting them more eyes and and more growth. So believe me when I tell you by commenting, you're not really just helping yourself. You are helping that person who has created the content. Mm, Thanks for that. So if we go to the third week, what do we do then? So the third week, now is the time you're going to start to create content. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you should be acclimated and calibrated to the LinkedIn feed. You've just spent two weeks, 15 minutes a day, really paying attention. And now I want you to craft one post, just one post. And when you post, you know, Make sure that it's a little longer. It doesn't have to be really, really long anymore. They're saying that the shorter posts are doing pretty good. You know, if you spoke to me two months ago, I would have been telling you to go twelve hundred characters. <laughs> but now it's 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 you know, don't worry about the size. Just just worry about saying something that your audience will find interesting and engaging and valuable. Maybe even include a picture, maybe a selfie, or maybe a picture of yourself and your team. And then once you post it, go into the comments and bring some people into the conversation. Maybe some of those people that you had commented last week, maybe Mm -hmm. say, hey, what do you think of this? So bring them in and ask in the comments, tag them and ask them. And then I want you to sit back and start to engage with those people who do engage with you and see what that was like. Crickets. You're you're, you're bringing people in. You're bringing yeah, people in. Remember, we're tagging and we're asking more people, and they should. They should. Okay. And if they, if if you do get crickets, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Put out so another. The third post. week is focusing on one post, or do you want us to do that on a daily basis? One. I would know. I'd like you to just focus on one post. So really, oh. spend maybe two days crafting something, and then unleash it on a Wednesday, hmm. and then Thursday, Friday, watch it grow and inter- engage with it. Interesting. That sounds doable, genius leaders. So I hope you take the challenge on three weeks. Sounds like less for than four hours uh, for the whole span of three weeks. You can do it. I think so. I. It's something that if you can do it and you can keep keep that up, you know, you're going to find that good things happen. You know, LinkedIn is full of people who want to do business. 
They, they want to be there. They want to add value. They want to engage. They want to forge relationships. They want to help people. You know, they want that, you know, so step on in and, and enjoy. I've built friendships as well uh, by reaching out to people. And that actually saddens me. And I even made a post about that, talking about getting loud on LinkedIn, uh, that give me a chance when I reach out and suggest to have a call. It's not about sales. I, I connected people uh, like investors and founders, founders or CEOs and uh, board members who or, or people who have become board members on their company's boards, stuff like that, just because it's like, you never know what gets out of the conversation and that's cool. Yeah. But if you don't give me a chance and you just think that I'm reaching out to you because I want to sell, heck, I don't know. You don't even know whether I want to sell to you and I want to work with you if I haven't <laughs> talked to you. <laughs> so I just feel like we need to be a bit more open to that. Uh, and I understand that time is a precious asset and we need to be careful with, uh, and mindful with how we spend it. But I feel like we need to have a bit of that space for exploring and being curious about other people whom we don't know. Because I love that. Me, for me, it just really turned into beautiful experiences. I love that. I was just talking to a um, a, a fractional executive who who connected with me, and when he sent me the the invite to connect, and I accepted, he said, um, "We now we now have to do coffee. <laughs> it's, let's we need to do a Zoom, and I really want to talk to you. I want to learn more about you." And when we did end up sitting together and, and having, and it was done virtually through, we both had a cup of coffee and, and, you know, we scheduled about 30 minutes. And he said he may, he's making this effort this year that anyone he's connected to, anyone he connects to, anyone, if you asked him to connect, he's going to, he's going to request a networking call. And I, I think That's there's. Bold. It's bold, but at the same time, I mean, think of all the people that he's meeting and, and he has a, a chance to help them and, and potentially even be helped by them. Yeah, definitely. Donna, I'm mindful of the time. We're already, that's, it's been the longest conversation in a while that I've had on the <laughs> show, but I do want to finish with something that I've never done before. Some kind of rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Go. Let's go. So hashtags or not. And you, you're allowed to not just say, but maybe one quick sentence of why. So hashtags were important and you wanted to aim for between three to five. There has been chatter that they are moving away and just removing the whole hashtags from LinkedIn. So I would have like two weeks ago, I would have been like, yes, three to five. Right now it's three to five. No, nothing has been said officially, but there is a very good chance that hashtags are bye-bye. All right. When we do a connection request to with people empty or with some message? If you know the person, right? If they oh, they see they see it, they oh I know who this person is. Like there's so much going on in the world. Do you really need to like put just something out there? They know you. I don't think you need to. I really don't. But if you don't know them all that well, if they may not immediately recognize you, if this is more of a peripheral type of connection, absolutely. And don't just go with a, uh, like a, you know, copy and paste, you know, but really, hey, this is why I want to connect. I think it's important. Let them know why. All right. Cool. 
scheduling posts. If you have built a system for yourself with a, um, having posts going on, going out on a regular basis, scheduling or posting, uh, directly. And if scheduling using a, the LinkedIn function for that, the native one or the third party app. So double question there. For most, for a lot of people, especially founders, they're busy. And if, if scheduling it, whether natively or on a third party, if that's what you can do and that's going to allow you to be consistent and fresh and, and do it, just do it. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry about anything else. If it helps you, use it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I don't like about scheduling is a big part of a successful post is those early moments of interaction with that author. And mm-hmm. so when I post, I'm not just posting. I'm there for a good hour mm-hmm. because I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm fielding any types of comments. They're immediate, like it's, it's live and it's real. Mm-hmm. And if you schedule, chances are you're going to forget that it went live and you're not going to have that, that initial mm-hmm. almost, you know, joy and exuberance in those comments, which continue to fuel and help boy your post. And speaking of which, uh, I've heard, so the, this is one of the questions that you should prime your feed, so to say. So you should engage with others' content just before you post. So priming the feed or not? You know, I've heard that too. I've mm-hmm. heard that too. I'm always priming my feeds. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you if it works or not. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in the minutia. Mm. Don't get caught up in the minutia. That's what's going to hold people back. That's what's going to stop people from just naturally, authentically engaging. And that's, mm. I think that's my big issue. You can totally game the system. Like you can figure out how to craft, you know, really engaging posts. You can, you can make sure that you prime it. You can make sure that you're there, you know, making sure that all of those in early comments have, you know, replies, like you could be doing all of this stuff. It takes so much effort. And if you think that that's really the only way of of being successful on the platform, that's why people check out. That's why people check out. So I'm going to say, who cares? Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. You do you. All I want I want you to know why you're on the program. I want you to have an optimized presence. I want you to be building your network and I want you to engage. And engaging is scroll through, comment on the good stuff. And when you have something great to say, and hopefully you have something great to say with some regularity because you're a founder and you're doing some amazing things, post and good things will happen. Yeah. It's really about finding your way to flow with the platform and feel like it's natural part of your day or week, right? If you have a team, Anya, if you have a team of people, <laughs> if you've got some virtual assistants, right? And you've got like, yes, you can, you can dive in and you can be more concerted <laughs> in, in all of this. But for that person who's like, no, it's me and I'm building this business. I'm building this empire. And I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm using LinkedIn strategically. Those are two different scenarios. And I don't want that person who's like, I'm going to use it authentically. I'm going to enjoy my time on LinkedIn. I don't want them overly concerned. Like, am I appropriately hacking Mm. the system? Yeah. All right. When we're posting and talk about engagement of our post, Mm -hmm. does the number of likes or comments something that we should pay attention more to? People clicking the see more link. 
So if your post is long and there's a see more, them hitting that see more to expand your post is very powerful. At one time, the longer they dwelled on the post, the longer a person kind of like sat there interacting with it and hovering over it, that used to, that used to mean a lot to the algorithm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean as much. So I would say see more. I would say if a person saves or sends your posts or reposts that post, those are, those are massive Mm. things. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's going to fuel because that gives the credibility to the post. That's, that's a way that LinkedIn can very easily measure. Ooh, people are finding value in this. They're reposting it. They're saving it. They're sending it. That means these posts are amazing. Mm -hmm. So those things are more important than the like. The likes are great. See the, the number of see more clicks. You don't. Is it? You don't. You just know it because, (laughs) because more and more people are viewing it. That the success Mm -hmm. of the posts, the impressions of the posts will tell you that people see that as a hook and they're clicking it. The liking Mm -hmm. is not as important. Commenting is more important. If I have five minutes per day, we kind of touched on that in the three uh, weeks, but should I post or should I like or, uh, I mean, engage with the other's content for five minutes a day? No, don't like comment. Yeah. Comment. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Engage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, if you want to like, you can like it, but it's not adding to your brand. Comment. Mm-hmm. If you have five minutes, post. Then the next day, comment, so, comment, comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I mean, I'm happy if you post once a week. Like, I'm not going to tell you you have to do it every day. Those who do it every day, right. they've got a team or they just don't have a lot of business. That's actually true for me. <laughs> when I'm busier with my client work, then I post less. All right, Donna, I know that I've taken a lot of time, but I hope that our, our audience have listened all the way here and uh, enjoyed and got a massive value. I know that you don't like to promote yourself during your guest episodes, but I do want to emphasize or ask you with that. How, if people really get value from the conversation today and would like to learn more from you, what can you and your team do uh, for the founders of my listeners uh, to yeah. to thrive on, on LinkedIn? Well, Anya, thank you so much. And and we are here. We are here for, we have a global audience of, of, of entrepreneurs and executives and professionals. And, and they do turn to us because it's hard. You know, it's hard to write about themselves. It's hard to really understand their brand. It's hard to understand, you know, how to, how to convey the right message. And, and it's hard to use LinkedIn. You know, we've just spent a lot of time talking about it and there's still so much more that we could be talking about. It, it's as much as they've tried to simplify the platform, it's still difficult. Um, and so that's what we're here for. We have, we, we help people with their profiles. We help people with their bios, with their resumes. Uh, we help them with ghost blogging. We help them with managing their, their LinkedIn feed. And, you know, we're here. So definitely visit LinkedIn-makeover.com and you can see all of the, the good stuff that we're doing. Wonderful. And I, as always, will put the link in the show notes. So Genius Leaders, go check the page out. As we discussed, Donna has some free resources there and definitely have her and her team. If uh, you feel like, yes, I'm ready to invest in my brand and want to be more successful with the LinkedIn platform. Donna, thank you so much for this conversation. I learned a lot for myself and I hope that my uh, listeners have done as well. Anya, thank you. And to you, Genius Leaders listening, as always, I want to remind you that I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I love you. 
And I do believe that you are worth success and it doesn't have to be that hard. We can always find a way to make it fun. So go and try to optimize something on your LinkedIn or just try to be a bit more loud this week. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.